Welcome to episode 51 of the first 40 miles. If you're new to backpacking, or if you're hopelessly in love with someone who wants you to love backpacking, then this podcast is for you. We'll talk about the essentials, how to lighten your load, and how to make the most of your time on the trail. I'm your host, Heather Legler. And I'm Josh Legler. And this is The First 40 Miles. Today on The First 40 Miles, Heel to Toe, the sock episode. On the top five list, we'll share the top five non-traditional hiking socks. Then on the Summit Gear Review, the socks have invited a special guest to join them on the show. Next, on the Backpack Hack of the Week, what to do if a forest creature takes off with your socks. Then we have a backpacker Q&A about compression socks, and we'll wrap up the show with a little trail wisdom from a Russian who probably knew a thing or two about Porta Yankee. All this, and that's about it. Today on the first 40 miles. Today's episode is dedicated to the most stepped on, abused, taken for granted, stinky, funky, holy piece of gear in your pack. The hiking sock. Socks are an essential piece of backpacking gear. They keep your feet protected from the inside of your shoe. They wick moisture. They help keep your toes warm and they keep your feet clean enough. We totally take them for granted, but they can make a huge difference in your experience on the trail. So Josh, what do you hike in? Well, you said socks are an essential piece of backpacking gear. If anyone listened to episode 49 a couple of weeks ago, I talked about my barefoot summer experiment. That's right. Yeah, so I went all summer without socks. I sat at my desk without socks. I wore zero shoes without socks. You rebels. I know. But the thing is, even when I was out backpacking, when the temperature cools down at night, it's still really nice to put on that snug pair of socks and just feel warm. So for that reason, I would still say they're essential. The socks that I... uh that I take on my backpacking trips are the REI wool liner socks. And then I have some socks that are a thicker wool blend. I bring those along as a second layer, my outer layer. And depending on the weather, I may or may not wear those as an outer layer. How about you? Well, on a recent hike, I actually ditched the hiking sock and went with just liners. I was experiencing a little bit too much heat and friction down in my feet. And so I thought, Uh, Maybe I'll just bring these silk liners and double up if I need to. So I ended up just using this silk liner sock along with some body powder shaken inside. Yeah, and that's interesting because we've talked in past episodes about the value of having two layers of socks so that all the rubbing happens between the shoes and the two layers of socks rather than between the socks and your feet, which causes blisters. Yeah, it was a total experiment. I just thought, well... If my feet are getting too hot, then the heat is going to end up causing more blisters. So what if I just take off a layer and kind of replace that layer with something that will reduce the friction? Yeah, so that's worked out well for you. I've done just fine hiking in just my liner socks. I haven't had any blister problems. So I don't know, that's just interesting to me. I wonder if it's also related to the fact that we're wearing uh, lighter, more flexible shoes. Back in the day, hiking boots were like these really rigid leather things. You had to break them in because it would actually mold to your foot over time. And they were so rigid. I wonder if that's what was actually causing a lot of the friction 
on people's feet. And the, the two pairs of socks were really important to eliminate that friction. Yeah, I'm going to keep experimenting with that because, yeah, we've talked about the double sock wearing two at the same time to reduce friction, but I don't know, maybe there's a better way, a lighter way, a more comfortable way. And I still like to bring the double socks for warmth, uh, layering. You know, when the weather gets cold, then it's great to pull on that extra pair. I for agree. Sure. And there's nothing like putting on a pair of fresh, clean socks. So, you know, yeah. you always want, want to have that option. Well, if you're looking for socks to take on your next backpacking trip, there really is a difference between the wool blend that they have at the local dollar store and the really nice hiking socks that you can pick up at your outdoor store. So you'll want to look for a blend of materials. And usually wool is in that blend. And then they add other materials to increase durability of the sock to help with the stretch so it's actually comfortable to wear and with the wicking ability of the sock. I guess it's good to have a little bit of uh, like the nylon and spandex in there just to uh, increase that durability stretching. The overall performance of the sock is a little bit better with that blend. Another thing you'll want to look for is a reinforced heel and toe. And of course, in socks, these are the areas that are worn out the fastest. So if they're reinforced, you're going to see some extra stitching there, and that will give you a little bit longer life on those socks. If you are like the princess and the pea, then you'll want to look for socks that don't have a toe seam. That can sometimes irritate and kind of bother some people. So if you're one of those people, then make sure you find a sock with no toe seam. Another thing you might want to look for while you're shopping for a hiking sock is cushioning. Now this matters to some people and it doesn't matter to other people. Again, it, I think it's a princess in the pea kind of thing. If you really like cushioning, it'll spare the bottom of your foot from some bruising. But um, I think for most people, cushioning is more of a comfort thing. It's not really a necessity. And the last thing that you can look for in a pair of hiking socks is an arch band. It runs around your foot and goes around the arch and the top of your foot. And that just helps keep the sock in place. And they claim it decreases fatigue in your feet. I think walking a couple less miles a day might decrease fatigue <laughs> in your feet better than the arch band. But it does help keep your sock in place and it feels a little bit tighter on your foot. Well, I wonder, and I don't know if you know anything about this, but I have some socks that are appropriately snug and they're really comfortable. And um, yeah, they have like the, the arch band, so it, it stays nice and snug through the arch and the right amount of snugness on my legs. I have a few pairs of wool socks that I've had for a long time. They're nice, thick socks. They look really comfortable, but I think they're too big for me, so they're kind of loose. And I do get fatigued wearing those socks. And it doesn't matter if I've been out walking or not. Like, I could just be wearing the socks and sitting at my desk or something. And I don't know why that is. Like It's because wearing socks is hard. <laughs> yeah. It's so hard. So I can go with snug socks and be comfortable. I can go barefoot with no socks at all and be comfortable. So why would it be that in between, socks that are not snug enough would be uncomfortable for me. I don't know, but we're going to talk about compression socks later in the show, and those actually help reduce fatigue. Like they can help with foot fatigue and leg fatigue. So I think there might be something to the compression thing. Maybe it isn't just pseudoscience. Maybe it's real science. 
And as you're shopping for hiking socks, you can expect to pay in the range of maybe $12 to $20 for a pair of socks. They really just kind of run the range there. But um, paying a couple bucks for a pair of socks probably won't cut it and you won't be happy with the quality. The higher the quality, the longer they'll last and you'll get all of the features that you want. For today's top five list, we are bringing you the top five non-traditional hiking socks. These are socks that have special features, some things that you may not have ever thought of, things that will not be for every hike, but maybe for specific hikes, and each has their own purpose on the trail. Number one is the waterproof sock. If you're interested in waterproof socks, the one that we've taken a look at is the Hands Lightweight Waterproof Sock, and they're great for winter backpacking. It takes a bit of getting used to because it's not going to fit like a traditional sock does. They don't have all the stretch in all the right places that a traditional sock does because there's that waterproof lining that goes through the middle, that centered core of the sock. So it actually has a wicking layer inside of the sock so you don't feel like you're wearing a plastic bag. And then it has the waterproof layer, and then it has a cover for that waterproof layer. And all three layers are fused together. There's no ridges or seams in these socks, but like I said, it takes a little bit of getting used to. I would almost compare it to like a neoprene bodysuit. Yeah, it has that feel. It's probably going to be pretty snug on your feet, and like you say, it's not going to stretch as much as other socks. Just a little stretch. Hands also makes lightweight waterproof gloves that are really similar to these socks. Same material, same construction. So Hands is spelled H-A-N-Z. And I think these might be the right tool for the job if you're going to be outside in a really wet location, but you're not going to be exerting yourself a lot. So you're not going to be sweating a lot. The number two non-traditional hiking sock is the compression sock. And we'll actually talk about this a little bit more in detail in our backpacker Q&A later on. Vim and Vigor make some really nice wool compression socks. So if you wanted something that kind of goes from trail as well as just in everyday life or, you know, flying on airplanes, which is another place where people really have seen the benefits of compression socks, they make a really good pair of socks. The number three non-traditional hiking sock is the silk liner sock. Now I know these are meant to be used with hiking socks, but like I said before, I use these alone as just kind of a ultra lightweight hiking sock. Yeah, they're not meant to be used alone, but they can be. Silk is very strong material. And when I used this by itself, I just shook a little bit of body powder in the sock and that provided enough friction protection so that as I walked, I wasn't getting blisters. It's a really great option for hot weather when you don't want to be bogged down by a heavy hiking sock. You just want something light and cool and thin. And if you want to hear a full Summit Gear review on these uh, silk liner socks that Heather has, those were uh, in episode 12. Well, number four on our non-traditional hiking socks list is toe socks. You know, these are the ones that are like gloves for your feet, where they have the individual little toe thing that you put each of your toes in. The brand you might be familiar with is Injinji, which is I-N-J-I-N-J-I. And the way you put these socks on is you kind of roll them down and get your toes into the toe spots and then pull the rest of the sock up from there. 
The idea behind Injinji socks or toe socks is that they're supposed to keep your toes from rubbing against each other. So it eliminates the possibility of getting blisters uh, in between your toes. That's where I have gotten blisters in the past. I have these two toes that don't get along with each other. Yeah, so I have to wrap up my toe or do something to kind of air out my feet so that they won't get hot spots. I think this solves the problem. I've I've been wearing Injinji's for the last couple weeks and there is a little bit of a learning curve on these these socks as well. You know, getting each toe in its little toe spot. But when you wear them, it's, yeah, your feet just feel like all snug and your toes are all separated from each other so they won't fight. And the number five non-traditional hiking sock is the double layer sock. The brand that you might know best is Wright Socks, W-R-I-G-H-T Socks. I may be in the minority of people who didn't have a really awesome experience with double layer socks. I think I'd rather have two pair of socks than one sock with two layers. When I put them on, I don't know if I just didn't do it right, but they were always hard to kind of get lined up. After one wash, they were kind of like separated and didn't quite go on like a regular sock supposed to go on. So maybe you've had a different experience. We'd love to hear from our audience to see if they've tried double layer socks or the right socks and see what you guys have to say. So for the most part in backpacking, you're just going to need a pair of hiking socks or liner socks or both. And these non-traditional hiking socks really just kind of, you can sprinkle them in if you need them. They all have a very specific purpose. The waterproof sock, the compression sock, the liner sock, the toe socks, and the double layered sock. So all of them really fun alternatives to the traditional hiking sock. For today's Summit Gear Review, we are reviewing the Telic Recovery Shoes. Some people really enjoy having a camp shoe or a recovery shoe when they get to camp. It gives your feet a chance to air out, to decompress after being shoved in those small, tight little spaces in the shoe, and just to be babied a little. And these shoes are a great option if you just wanna baby your feet. For structure, these shoes are the best thing I can think of to describe the material that they're made with is they're kind of like those circus peanuts, you know, those orange candies (laughs) that every kid loves because they're pure sugar. But these shoes are made of Novalon, which is a special material that's extremely durable, but very soft and squishy. There are four different styles of Telic recovery shoes. There's the traditional flip-flop, and there's the Z-strap, where it kind of goes in a Z across the top of your foot. There's the slide, which is an open-toed shoe, so kind of like a house shoe or a slipper. And then there's the dream, and that's where the entire top of the foot is covered with the exception of a couple side air vents. For utility, these shoes are completely waterproof. The Telex do have a textured footbed, but they're not deeply textured, so it's not like you're getting a massage on the bottom of your feet, which actually, after hiking all day, those massage shoes do not feel good. I brought a pair of flip-flops that had kind of those bumpy massage things on the footbed, and it, it was weird. It just was kind of prickly and painful. I did not like how that felt. So this is a nice, smooth footbed, slightly textured, but not painful. (laughs) (laughs) And those of you who are runners may be familiar with the term recovery shoe. I don't know if a lot of hikers or backpackers are, but 
our son is into running and so he wears these after he's done running and just takes off his running shoes and kind of has the same purpose as you would want them for in camp. It gives your feet a chance to dry out, to kind of have a soft surface to land on. In terms of mass, these uh, Telic recovery shoes are 8 to 12 ounces a pair, uh, depending on which style and which size you buy. All of the shoes are unisex, but they have the sizing in you know, men's and women's traditional sizes. Maintenance is real easy. There's really nothing to, I mean, you could just wipe them off if they get dirty. They are machine washables. So you can throw them in the wash. Just air dry them. They'll dry out really quick. For investment, these are 40 to $50 pair depending on the style. You know, I, I almost said per shoe, which made me think of when we were on the Timberline Trail, we were hiking along and we saw one shoe. It was like one of these recovery type shoes. And we kind of wondered like, well, should we pick it up and take it to, I don't know, to the next camp spot? And we left it there because we thought someone is going to find it. Someone's going to walk back. And like maybe a mile, mile and a half later, we saw the other shoe. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it would be nice if you could order a shoe at a time, just in case you lost one on the trail. Yeah, I suppose so. <laughs> so we knew we were going to be doing a review of the Telic recovery shoes on the first 40 miles. And so they actually, the guys at Telic sent us off some shoes that we could share with our hiking group. And one of the girls in our hiking group on our Redwoods trip wore them as her primary hiking shoes for an entire day of hiking. And she loved them. So I think it really just comes down to comfort. If you have found that um, you enjoy that feel of stepping on something squishy that gives a little bit, then these may be a really interesting option for either your camp shoe or, as this one girl did, she wore them as her primary hiking shoe on that trip. I think these are going to be a love or hate kind of thing. When you got some Telic shoes and I tried them on, I had been wearing my Zero shoes all summer, which are flat, thin, uh, like you feel the earth under your zero shoes. And when I tried on the Telic shoes, it was too soft for me, too cushy, and sort of the bottom of the shoe is not exactly flat. It, it rocks a little, I guess you could say. It's curved a little. And so I just felt, it's almost like I felt unstable or something because I had been so used to wearing my zero shoes all summer and having something where I was just really connected to the earth. If you really want to be babied and cushioned and you don't want to feel every little bump and groove and piece of sand underneath you, then these shoes will basically shield you from feeling any kind of discomfort underneath you. And they'll provide really great support as well. They're comfortable, they're durable, they're lightweight, they provide that support. And so if that's important to you, then check out the Telic Recovery Shoes and we'll have the link in the show notes. And I think we're really interested in hearing people's experiences, not just with Telic shoes, but with footwear in general, with your socks, with your shoes. If you've got some thoughts and insights to share or just experiences or stories, catch up with us on Facebook or Twitter. We're the first 40 miles on Facebook and Twitter and, you know, post something, uh, share your experiences. For today's backpack hack of the week, Porty Yankee, Fußlappen, or foot wraps. Now, this isn't necessarily something that we recommend, but it's more like a history lesson that you're welcome to try out on your feet. 
So back before socks were all the rage, people figured out that you could wrap your feet with cloth. And it does a decent job of keeping dirt out, and they're easy to wash and super easy to dry. The idea of using cloth to wrap your feet up sounds like something super ancient, like the Egyptians did it thousands and thousands of years ago while they were working on the pyramids. But there's actually more recent evidence than that of the use of foot wraps. In 2013, the Russian army just switched from using foot wraps to using socks. So they were using something called portiyanki, which is a rectangular piece of fabric, and it's something that they are given when they join the army, but it's also something that can be fashioned out of an old bed sheet or torn shirt, and they can wrap this foot wrap or portiyanki around their foot to make kind of a makeshift sock. So 300 years of Russian military leaders can't be wrong, right? I guess. (laughs) Well, it's not just the Russians. The German army also has a variety of foot wrap that used a smaller square of fabric, and they used that as their sock for many years also. So while we all know that the sock is probably one of the most comfortable pieces of clothing to wear, there is room in your backpack arsenal of skills and ideas to use the foot wrap. Yeah, say for example, you hung your wool socks up to dry overnight and a squirrel decided that it would make a nice nest out of your socks. So your socks are gone in the morning. I don't know what else. You took your socks off to do a river crossing and you lost one. One floated away. There's lots of reasons why just one sock could end up unmatched from its companion. And so then you're stuck with the prospect of going completely sockless in your hiking shoes, which that just sounds really uncomfortable. So you reach into your bag of tricks. What do you pull out? A bandana? You pull out a bandana. So here's one of those uses for a cotton bandana. And while cotton isn't the fabric of choice for most backpacking trips, most people do carry a cotton bandana. And this is one of those ways that you can use it. You take your bandana and you stick your foot in the center of the bandana, diagonally, so kind of a long way. And then you bring up the corner over your toes. And then you pull the right corner of the bandana over your foot and tuck it under your arch. Then you take the left corner of the bandana and wrap it all the way around your foot and put your shoe on. And that'll keep the portiyanki or the fuslapen or the foot wrap right in place. And it'll have to do until you can find another sock or uh, maybe you could talk your hiking partner out of one of his or her socks. That might be the hmm. like the best option. That's a good hack now that I think of it. <laughs> Borrowing socks that haven't been worn yet. Whether it's a cotton bandana or any other flat piece of fabric, you can pull it out, wrap it around your feet, and at least you've got something to be that layer between your foot and your shoe. It's a temporary fix. It works. For today's Backpacker Q&A, we have a question about compression socks. I have hiking socks and liner socks, but a friend who runs recently asked me if I used compression socks. Can you tell me if it's something worth buying for backpacking? Well, the reason that sometimes people recommend compression socks is because compression socks are designed to help improve circulation, which helps then with muscle recovery. 
Some diabetics use special compression socks because a lot of them suffer from circulation issues that can cause swelling in their feet and ankles. And hikers certainly have times where they experience swelling, especially after you've been hiking all day and you come into camp and you just have that kind of achy feeling in your ankles or you just know something's not right. So the question is, are compression socks the best solution to that problem on the trail? Are there other options that you can use when your ankles are starting to get kind of swollen? Well, I actually do have a pair of compression socks. I have the Vim and Vigor wool compression socks, and I use them on an airplane. You know, you're sitting for hours at a time. You can't get up and move. They don't really want you to get up and move. You just sit there. And I actually had a great experience with compression socks in that situation. That being said, compression socks wouldn't be necessary while you're on the trail. You're getting plenty of circulation in that area when you're hiking, but it's when you stop hiking that things start to slow down. That's when you could start to experience some swelling. So compression socks may be something that you want to try for when you come into camp just for wearing around camp when you're done hiking for the day. Like it's a really cool feeling. If you haven't tried compression socks, they're kind of fun. They're really tight and you have to put them on in a special way. You know, you can't just pull them on like regular socks. You kind of have to roll them up. Yeah, put your toe in and then just kind of pull up the rest. And when you take a step, your step springs back a little more quickly because you have that tight compression. I would say it's certainly something that you can experiment with. And as with any sock that you would wear, just make sure that they're wicking and that you don't end up with those squeaky toes. Mm. You want, you know, wool socks or something equally wicking. There's the alternative of um, just putting my feet up, right? That's the cheapest alternative is just putting your feet up on the trail. It just feels great when you stop, just lay your head back on your pack and uh, give your feet a rest and that'll keep your ankles from swelling. We'll leave you today with a little trail wisdom from author, physician, and possible Porty Yankee wearer, Anton Chekhov. He said, These people have learned not from books, but in the fields, in the wood, on the riverbank. Their teachers have been the birds themselves when they sang to them, the sun when it left a glow of crimson behind it at setting, the very trees and wild herbs. That's it for today. Thank you for listening. If you liked this podcast, follow us on Facebook and Twitter or review us on iTunes. We'll see you next time on The First 40 Miles. Like baby or not baby powder, body power, power, (laughs) body Body power. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's like more than a trend. That's Porty Yankees are the new black. Yeah, maybe. I I mean, I think overall socks have won that competition. But I guess having a little bit of a nylon and spandex. Sorry. It's my mom.
Oh, she hung up on me. A neck. <laughs> <laughs>